Nice and gentle. We don't want any unnecessary stress. Is there a doctor in the gym? I'm a doctor. It's it's the person. It's not the money that's corrupt. Money's not corrupt. It's the person behind the person who has the monies. Okay, guys, welcome back to Grime America Show. Uh, we're gonna be chatting with Kimberly Palm a little bit later. A bit of a spiritual jack of all trades, if you will. Uh, but first. As always, Graham, sometimes I sound stoned, but I'm not Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> that's right. I never am. Never have. I might sound it, but that's my Canadian accent. That's I'm sticking with it. There's a possibility you've been mildly affected by my no. clouds. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> on, a, on a double header. <laughs> <laughs> Sealed up pretty tight in here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I'm sweating? <laughs> No, I'm doing pretty good, man. This was a fun chat with Kimberly. We talked about um, stress and how to conquer it, like through meditation and breathing and um, laughing even, and just changing, re rewiring your brain to sort of get rid of those negative patterns. Um, but yeah, you're right. She's involved in all kinds of spiritual stuff and teaching and talking in front of people. And it's really, really interesting. It's a fun one. I like it. Because I, I still get stressed even though I'm kind of mindful about it. I still can't really stop it. That's tough. The yeah. stressful existence. Yeah. You don't even have kids. Oh, I know. I can't <laughs> imagine. I can't imagine how you guys have to run your kids everywhere and all that. Oh, my God. Just getting started. Yeah. I'm not stressed all the time. It's just I feel it, right? It works sometimes work. or whatever. And yeah. Work can be pretty stressful. Let's see that. Maybe not so bad. Starting <laughs> to slow down a little bit. Um. Yeah. So, so, but it was a fun chat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did we do that? No, that wasn't a double header. How did we bump into her? Twitter? No, she uh, she found us. Hmm. Yeah, one of those. Right on. So how was uh, Katsuki? Uh, it was fucking amazing. Was it? Yep. Made it back in one piece. I did. I had the body orgasm going on. I think it was oh, at AMSR, honestly, like yeah. a couple times. Going down the, the snow, tunes like, too? for ha the last half of the day, I did. But the first half, I was just so in, in the moment, like in this fresh run every time. Yeah, carving where on a mountain where nobody's been on there, skiing down, and I was floating through the snow, and I just get this like light shiver through my whole body. Like I felt like I was just—it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. What is it? The cat takes you up the hill, and then you go down. Yeah. Yeah, so the cat, yeah, we were on an old closed down hill, so it wasn't like we were in the middle of the wilderness, right? We yeah. were just on an old hill that hadn't been skied on for a week, and it was fresh snow, and you just ski down one of the, and it's all pretty steep, it's pretty cool runs, right? Steep, steep runs, and then the cat brings all 13 of you back up to the top in different spots, and then you cruise down, and you're always kind of waiting for the cat, so there's no rush to get down, but you pretty much just boot it down every time. Yeah. We did like 14 runs. <clears throat> it was unreal experience. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Like they trails. laughed at my skis. Did they? Yeah. Why? Because they're like three feet long? Because they're like eight years old and three small feet and long. Skinny <laughs> and they're like, they're like, who's are these? Yeah, you might want to, you might want to 
Use a pair of our demos. What'd you use, yours? Just demos. No, I couldn't. They wouldn't, they were, they would have laughed at me if I would have. Really? Yeah. But you use them everywhere else. I know, but this, I guess I use powder, proper powder skis or something. Lisa was talking about using cross country skis for downhill. I was oh my like, god, Jesus. No, no, no. No. No, no, no. Oh my god, you could break your ankle. I was ankle. like, it's not like Red Lake no. Hill. No, like, break the your ankle. fucking no, no, crazy. You can't, you can't do that. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I could picture you with your skis. What do you mean? With your skis. Just send me a picture of your skis. <laughs> you know, I need the mental image. I can just see they're little. No, uh, they're not. No, they're not that bad. They're only no. eight years old. Yeah. How long are they? Well, I finally got a you know shorter pair. Like they used to try and sell you longer pairs all the time, and we'd always be trying to get shorter ones when we were younger. Uh, I thought it was a weight thing. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know cross country skis go by weight. No, it's more. Of a, I think it's more height. of a height thing. Yeah, but these powder ones were longer, so it was a little bit different controlling them and totally different turning. It was, it and was wider. A, yeah, way wider. It's like like two little snowboards on your feet. Any fucking biffs? What's that? Falling down. No, I didn't. No. Not once. No. Look at this guy go. The tree grabbed my pole once and I had to go back for that, but. Well, while you were doing that, I was hard at work. Yeah. Upgraded the DAW. So that's good. Good for you. Yeah. Success. Success. Had to pull the old uh, PC out of storage with the hacked cord. Buckets. That cord gets real hot. I don't like to run that thing for any more than 20 to 30 minutes because I'm worried the cord's going to catch on fire. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I was actually, I've been humming and hawing about just buying, because you can go buy a fucking shitty Lenovo for a couple of hundred bucks and just having a little PC laptop run. I don't know. It's just from time to time I've run into things that I can't do on my Mac. It's PC only. You must be really baked right now or something. Why? You're not on the Mac bandwagon. Oh, well, I prefer to use my Mac anytime, but when I, like, annoying this weekend right. is when I need a PC to do something, and I'm fucking trying to get my options that don't involve me driving to work to my work computer. Right. I was looking at, you know, putting an emulator on my Mac so you can have Windows in the corner, but I don't even want to put Windows anywhere near my Mac because no. I can just see it, like, fucking eating it, eating it alive from the inside. So, and then I was going to use that one, but I don't want to fuck around with that one either, right? Like, that's a Skype computer. I don't want to do anything else on it. Just let it do Skype. Yeah. So, yeah, I have my wife's really old one, or I could just grab a cheap one. Yeah, it's only a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a Mac. You can get one that's all just made with fucking fake parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got some great listener emails if you want to. You? Yeah. As a feedback, we, we got the best. Up, well, good. a little bit, yeah. We got the best listeners, man. They'd we do have the best stories, and they just, uh, they, and they kind of just, I don't know, man. They like, they like the shit we're talking about for some reason. Yeah, which is weird because we didn't know how this was going to go. This whole podcasting thing, but and we we're coming up on three years later. I can't believe it. Three years coming up soon. Not two months and three years. Yeah, it's because when we were, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Three years in June 1st, yeah. which of course is when we'll be raffling off the uh, iPad. Actually, yeah. hopefully we'll be doing it. What are you doing? We'll talk about that later. Okay, hopefully yeah. we'll do it much sooner than that. But Yeah. On that day, by that. Anyway. And getting a listener to come on the show with us and pick a guest. Absolutely. 
All right, so this is from Brian. Brian wait, T. Wait a second. What? What are we talking about? Uh, well, it's a, we need a jingle for this. Actually, Trip listeners. Report? No, it's a, more of like a sleep uh, paralysis slash um, nightmare kind of thing. Let's Do we have a jingle that. for that? Not really, eh? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, what kind of do you have? It, it, is it real or a dream? What, 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 what does that even mean? I'd like to say that's from Ephraim, but I don't think it is. Uh... Wow. I'm surprised Ephraim's still friends with you. <laughs> so this is from Brian. He says, 160 episodes, and I owe you something. A buck a show? I'm happy to tell you that I'm a long-time listener. I've quietly enjoyed every program you have made. That's crazy. 160. And have shared more than a few with friends. I'm gratefully indebted to both of you for all your hard work and personal sacrifice. Thank you for sharing your journey, the laughs, and great conversations with your excellent guests. It's a true pleasure to listen to like-minded people talk candidly about things that matter. Excellent topics with articulate and intelligent people that are making sense out of the madness. I am told we must understand the darkness before we can appreciate the light. Here with your work, you are creating a means of illuminating the dimly lit passages of our reality, opening up passages of equally dimly lit minds to a bigger world and a much, much larger reality. Thanks, Brian. That's well said. Yeah, thanks, buddy. That's crazy. I love it. That's, uh... That's crazy when you think about it, 160 episodes. That's, uh, if you listen to the show, if you went back right now and you listen to the show for eight hours a day, it would take you 35 days. Wow, you just did that calculation? Yeah. It's just math, man. It's not that hard. Okay, enough about us. My name is Brian, and I have stories to share. What kind of stories? If it's okay with you, I'd like to share some. I will send them in from time to time. Things that may be of interest to you and some of your listeners. I live in South Delta, BC. Please, no rising sea level jokes. <laughs> odd, odd how the big storms we get here almost coincide with the king tides. Oh, well. I have your intro song in my head. And for days, and it's driving me to distraction. I have taken this as a suggestion to spam Graham. Has he, well, you should go to the page and uh, download it. There's a link in the show notes to download the actual entire track of our intro song. Oh, the intro. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Unless he's talking about the... Jingles uh, and stuff, yeah. Unless he's talking about the Grammarica Home Videos intro. Yeah, no, he wouldn't be talking about that one. Okay. (laughs) Because that one does get caught in your head. So he says, I've been experiencing interesting things all my life. And many of my experiences make most people laugh when I mention them. And some say unremarkable things back to me and roll their eyes. I've seen strange objects in the sky, odd people, have unusual and quite incredible things happen to me. Very strange dreams and vision, communication with others, audible voices only I hear. Am I nuts? Maybe. I've been this way all my life. It's why I find your program and those like yours so interesting. It's like my life, my thoughts, and dreams playing aloud. I think many people are the same as I am and just don't talk about it. Now, because of this form of media and because of people like you becoming aware, people are talking and we're listening. It's not easy to be completely candid about what one has experienced and somehow intuitively knows. I truly appreciate everything everyone has done. 
People are looking for truth in whatever flavor it comes. Some seek it not just from, for themselves, but for all. Here is one of my experiences. So Saturday, April 6, 2013, it was about 7 a.m. and the sun was up and was bright. I could see perfectly in the bedroom without any need for lighting. We had large windows which faced the street in our townhouse complex. I was sleeping quite comfortably in a semi-dream state when slowly an odd sensation in my head made me aware that something unusual was happening to me. What I felt was a warming sensation in my forehead and something warm and in very close proximity to my ears and face. I began to feel the warming sensation increase, accompanied by a feeling of pressure which became so intense that the front of my head began to feel very hot. I opened my eyes. The second my eyes opened, I saw someone right over my face, eye to eye, forehead to forehead. Instantly the figure straightened up and drew its hands back from either side of my head and stood erect and perfectly still next to my bed looking at me like what the fuck right whomever this was i assumed was touching my head he was in very in very close and doing something to my forehead that caused my brain to tingle and grow increasingly warm my forehead was cool to the touch my head felt hot inside no pain just hot this is where my pineal gland is located and i've had some time to think about this I had, begun awoken, I had been awoken from a pleasant sleep. I felt annoyed, actually really angry. That is the way I express it towards this person now standing next to me. Doesn't matter. It didn't matter he was disguised as an invisible dude or not. I was angry. My anger turned to curiosity in an instant. I was looking at a human-like figure, but really could not see him well. Odd because it was very bright in the room. I was angry and now curiously wide awake and staring at someone or something standing next to my bed. When he moved, I could certainly see him, but I could not see him properly. I propped myself up on my elbows to get a better look at what possibly what, what this was. The second I did this, he instantly, super fast, moved back four feet from my side of the corner to bed, just past my feet. When he moved, his clothing shimmered and kind of sparkled as if it made, was made of cellophane or watery foil, but I could see right through him. I could tell that it was a humanoid shape with absolute certainty, arms, legs, torso, head, and shoulders. But I could also see the bedroom door and closet doors, and because of the nature of his disguise, I could not make out facial features. Actually, I missed a sentence here. Closet doors and moldings, the color of the walls, everything right through him. Really cool now that I think about it. But because of the nature of his disguise, he could not make out facial features, whether it was a female or male or other. No color or texture of skin, clothing style, badges, insignias of any kind, just an opaque, shimmering figure. In fact, this person made no noise at all when he moved. He certainly seemed solid enough, and he was very careful not to be touched by me. He was extremely cautious as I was angry, and I think he got that. He curiously tilted his head to one side a bit and continued to look at me as I stared back. Before I could move again, he quickly stepped straight back, not taking his eyes off me, to align himself with the open bedroom door and the hallway, turned to his right, and ran out the door. This part was really cool because he moved so quickly, his body turned, his head, his body turned, his head turned, and I saw his legs and arms bend in the shape of a running man, and zoom, he was out of the door. That's when I became aware that my wife and our two dogs were not in the room. 
Not odd in itself, as my wife will move downstairs to the couch if she is too hot or I'm too restless. I flipped off the covers and cautiously but quickly walked the short distance down the hallway. I checked the bathroom and the bedroom at the end of the hall and found nothing. I didn't go swinging my arms around in those rooms either to check for the invisible fella. I didn't actually want to touch him anyway. I moved cautiously downstairs to have a look for my wife and the dogs. They were all sleeping on the couch together, dogs curled up at my wife's feet. I went back upstairs and sat on the edge of the bed for a long time before getting dressed and going downstairs for a coffee. Not really certain to what, what to make of it that day, I mentioned nothing to my wife for quite some time. The being was approximately four foot six to five foot tall, proportionate, human in shape. No enlarged cranium or extra long, unusual appendages. appendages. This is from my perspective in a lying position on the mattress. He was slim, if not slight of build, moving very easily, swiftly, unusually so, as if he had very little mass. I hope you find this interesting. Sincerely, Brian. Thanks, Brian. That's a creepy one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, Slenderman. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's very detailed as description. I think you can really picture the whole thing happening. Very well written. I wonder what kind of dogs he has. I pictured a, a chihuahua and a shih tzu. Really? Hmm. That would be interesting if you were right. So, (laughs) that would be interesting. (laughs) Um, we'll never know. Well, I guess we probably will. Regardless, no, that's not a word. <laughs> Regardless. Regardless. It's, you know, your wife's safe as the dogs. The dogs will go crazy if something weird gets in this room, I think. Yeah. Even if they are little dogs. Yeah, maybe. My dog, Tyson's always barking at the wall. My sister just had an experience similar to this. She was having a dream. Somebody was, um, she was talking to her coworker or her boss at the time. And this guy with a green, uh, cape or coat came in and then she woke up. She kind of went from that knowing this was, there was this entity entering his, her dream or whatever. And then she woke up and he was, nah, nah, I'm going to forget what, what, it, what she described to me. He was like attacking her somehow. And she had to like willfully, she knew she had to like do everything she could just to willfully like get the guy off her. It's like a sleep paralysis attack, kind of. And then I also heard recently from another close friend or family member that um, they've heard uh, voices, auditory voices as well, with nobody being there, like really loud, like name-calling voices. You know, I've never had anything like that, but you know what I did have like Saturday night that was kind of fucking weird? Is I like fell asleep on the couch and I had gluttoned pretty good because in the morning I wasn't feeling real well so what does I that mean ate you ate a lot Saturday yeah like in a lot of like not real bad food but I ate like a lot and then near the evening it gets into the worst food anyway um but uh I passed out on the couch watching something and I woke up fucking like almost like choking like gasping for air like I remember like I got up and I had to like, I was like, <laughs> I had to like get up and fucking walk around and kind of shake myself out of it. Never happened to me before. Wow. I wonder I if you weren't so gluttoned out, you wouldn't have noticed a creature on your neck. Yeah, maybe, you. maybe. If, I don't know if it was something like that or if I just like, 
my tongue slipped back into my throat <laughs> or something like that. I was so lazy that my tongue just slid back into my throat. I was pretty stoned too. Like, Wow. Or if it was an experience or huh. I had bad heartburn too. So, you know, sometimes acid reflux can maybe get caught up in your throat. Mm. I don't know. I know I was on my back, which I never, ever sleep flat on my back like that. Mm. Mm. That was weird. Yeah, I'm sure when I was drinking, it probably happened all the time and I just yeah. didn't even fucking. Yeah coherent of it at all yeah huh. well thanks for sharing that darren yeah there you have it <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the email brian so uh well I, I do have another quite long one if we have time to do another one sure yeah absolutely okay this is from what is it what can i play Oh, you know what I'd like you to play? Even though it's not really a true trip report. He says, uh, great, dear Graham, great show and all that. I'm not much on formalities. So here's a synchronicity report. Not a true trip report or a recounted synchronicity, but something in between. So just play the new trip report jingle from our listener, Adam. Neil Davies. Neil, Neil. <laughs> the psychedelics are catalysts of consciousness. I like that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not that I'm an advocate for psychedelics, but if people want to do that, they can. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Exactly. So I missed the first... What are you an advocate for? <clears throat> um, meditation. There you go. And worse yoga. Than, worse than Hitler. Yoga. I'm really into yoga right now. Are you? Yeah. It's really... <laughs> what? Nothing. No, it's like really that. like Excited. it's really being uh, Are you getting really... fl- extra flexible. No, not really. No. no. Do, you, do you ever get any more flexible? Yeah, yeah that's my bit. fear. Is that because I'm so inflexible, I'm just going to look like a total douchebag? It doesn't matter about that. It's not about that. It's it's, it's kind of about no, that. It's, it's always really about, kind it's of about, about that. stress stretching and stuff, isn't it? No, it looks like it's about trying to get into poses that I can't get into. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, can barely like touch my fucking toes. <laughs> <laughs> okay so he says uh dear graham sorry it took so long to support i figured i had to once i found myself mumbling it's a profound ufo quote of the week (laughs) so another stuck in the head jingle and this is from uh this is from alan alan n he says what follows is a screenshot of my computer's email or my computer's mail depicting what i grac when i graciously paid my dues for listening to you and darren provide the most interesting material in the most entertaining way. Even when I feel like ending the broadcast because your guest is undoubtedly misinformed or worse, I grimace through the speaker's shillest pitch because there's more Darren and Graham to follow. <laughs> As you see from the attachment, I donated at 8.40 and at 9.12, I get the Grimerica email about the giveaway. <laughs> I'll leave it to you to play around with the numbers. I trust Darren will do the right thing. <laughs> Actually, to clarify, I kid. The speakers I've heard so far are painless at least and are the best at best. What? Uh, no, I must stay. 940 was the day we sent, uh, started the, that must be the day we started the upgrade. Yeah. What the fuck was that? That was just the record falling that off the record wall. record keeps falling off the wall. <laughs> um, where was that from again? 
Now he says, uh, he says, namaste, Alan. He says, P.S., the placebo effect. Why is this not the most used weapon in the fight against cultural ignorance? For 50 bucks, can you talk about the power of emotion? From Sanskrit. I like the power of emotion. He wants, I guess he, I guess he must have donated 50 bucks because he wants to talk, us to talk about the power of emotion. I kind of did because I had the power of emotion while I was cat skiing for I, sure. And he wants a ticket. We'll probably throw him on the list. So this was his original email. I was missing the first part of his addendum here. So he says, uh, picture this. It's the late 80s, and I'm a senior at a fairly large university. I'm a little older than most, having worked before college for a few years as a carpenter. I've had three really close friends, two with whom I share a three-bedroom house, and a third who rents a room in the house next door. They're from India. <laughs> the Bahamas, and South Africa. You could, find a better, you could find a better bunch of drinking buddies, but I'm sure it would be lethal. I'm from North Carolina, and for some reason we met early and stayed together for our entire college time. As a side item, we all had strange affinity with water. The South African being an avid water polo player, the Indian being a competitive swimmer, the Bahamian being a free diver, and myself being a surfer from the coast of NC. I hooked up with these guys during an unusual rainy storm when we spontaneously met and started playing stick stickball in the street. For a few minutes, the water running down the street was enough to swim in. Wow. It was like the rain brought us together. Anyway, my girlfriend at the time of this synchro trip was a stunning Italian girl, a straight A student in nutrition and an athlete, actually number one on the university tennis team. I was eating well, working out, working on the side, doing some building, which I like to do, basically living the good life. All this came to me one day in a brief waking moment. Perhaps most people are self-conscious of their economic moment in time and take constant inventory of their lives, but not me. Perhaps I'm a little naive, but I sort of think of, I sort of ice cube spike myself through life. So back to the story. So after leaving my girlfriend's place and walking through the woods, I had a conscious realization of what I was living, a sort of recognition, recognition that everything in my life was positive. A wave of complete content came over me. There was nothing I needed, wanted, or was fearful of. I, I felt, get those from time to time. Really? Yeah. Sober? Yeah. Cool. Really? Sunshine and just the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I really think about it, I don't really need anything else. Like, yeah, pretty content. Wow. Except fucking going to work. Do you get shivers at all sometimes. with it? Like, do you get a physical Not sensation, a or is it just emotion? Because we had to talk about emotion. Yeah. Here. Well, emotion. Well, you know how I feel about emotion. I think it's pretty important. I think that's like some of those theories about ghosts and stuff. I mean, emotion has to play a big part of it. I think for. Any sort of crossing over between realms and things like that, I think you need a lot of emotion present. It's like almost like emotion is like the fucking what's the shit in Back to the Future called? I d I don't know. That he has to get. I don't know. Anyway, that's what emotion is. Oh, I remember is. is the flux capacitor. Yeah, the flux capacitor. Is that's that emotions <laughs> a flux capacitor for fucking Is that what you're saying? Inter uh, realm travel. Right, right. It's the gluten that holds the astral level together. That's right. 
<laughs> and there's nothing wrong with gluten, people. Astral Just gluten. eat better bread. Emotion is the astral gluten. That's right. Did your sister try the sourdough bread? No. I'm curious. Get it some about. good old fashioned. She oh. said she had a gluten. Yeah, she doesn't eat gluten. No. So get her to go find a good, real sourdough oh, bread. Oh, like original, like yeah. bread, real bread. Real Not sourdough. without the crap in it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Should have less than five ingredients. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention Maybe that. Maybe even her. three. Okay. So this was a good part. He was like complete satisfaction with myself, the world, and my relationships, and the current moment. So we're back to the story here. Sorry for the uh, tangent. When I focused again on the path through the woods, my perception of the surroundings had changed. The closest trees were transparent and shimmering with veins of thin light outlining them with sparks here or there. The whole scene became surreal, extending out for me for several feet, and I stopped calmly to observe. I wasn't shocked or amazed. I simply stood there, curiously observing something natural and benevolent for the first time. After a few moments, I don't know how long... I began to walk again and it all returned to normal or it returned to something. I think now I know what the universe returned to. It returned back into belief. Oh, I like that. I'm not going to attempt to describe this idea here, but what was critical for me to categorize this event was Nassim Harriman, Rupert Sheldrake, Randall Carlson, and on and on and on. I hope at some point people will realize that the placebo effect is a smoking gun. I think now it's the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. There's a TED Talk about it, but the TED Talk is really the AMA taking ownership of the idea, which is even scarier to me. Who's the AMA? American Medical Association, I think. Oh. Basically, like, Here it's oh, the, the placebo is the fucking the baseline that we use in all our studies. <clears throat> but it really doesn't, you know, but it's really nothing. Let's ignore the placebo, but let's use it in all our studies. That's right. That's like logic. <laughs> Sometimes. With you. I had... Uh, Continue. I had this experience when I moved out when I was young, like 20 or something like that. And I moved into this townhouse with a buddy of mine. And, and for a couple of days, everything had a different shade to it. It really seemed like everything looked different. Have you ever had that? Uh... Sometimes when I have my rose-colored glasses on, <laughs> literal rose-colored glasses. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, was that the house in Surrey? But no, not Surrey. Sorry. Mine. Is it Surrey? Mine. Yeah. No, Maple Ridge. Maple Ridge. Is that where? Because I was somewhere in uh, when I was in Vancouver with Kev, or outside in BC with Kev. He said. Pointed at some place he had a party house. Oh, that was New West. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a big party house. Was it? Yes. Nice. Right beside another big party house. Back in the eighties. We had. I was watching no, it was nine, nine, no, no, it was early, early to mid nineties. We had like 150, 200 people for Halloween and New Year's. <laughs> it was good. GTS. Which actually is kind of getting to to this. There's a lot of overlapping GTs. things. Good times, you know. It's GT. Good times. Okay. <laughs> Is that why it's a Pontiac GT? <laughs> so I'm back to the email here. Uh, perhaps I'm missing something, but if our emotions can alter our condition, as reports on spontaneous remission seem to prove, and if even one person in a placebo study manipulates their condition through emotions controlled by what they believe, the implications are mind-boggling. 
no pun intended, wouldn't the logical conclusions be immortality? The internal manipulation is one thing, but what about humans working together to affect the change in external features of their universe? Or they could, they could consciously be affecting a change, or they could be subconsciously affecting a change. Which brings us to the ice cubes. But first, let me tell you about a larger group of friends during that time. And he sent a pic included. It was an awesome pic. Every Labor Day for 15 years, we would have a party on the beach, which you could only get to by driving on the beach or by boat. On at least two separate occasions when the party was over, friends that couldn't make it from Virginia Beach told, her, or told us there was nasty weather front sitting over the outer banks of North Carolina and the Tidewater area of Virginia all weekend and just over the Virginia-Carolina line at the edge of the sea where we were dancing in the sand, there was a little clear spot for two straight days until Monday morning when it all began to fade away. I remember those mornings well. It was a reoccurring theme. Monday mornings were the departing day, and although we hated to go, we were contently exhausted, having consumed continuously for two days whatever that year had to offer. The morning mile sand road walk to the beach from the old hunting cabin would be a bit drearier and the sea would be darkening and you could feel the tourist season fading away after those after the last of those parties one of those friends showed me his reverse osmosis water machine and its ice cube spiked babies i got an ro system and told my girlfriend at the time about the spikes and they happened again funny though as i've forgotten about them i don't see them anymore Thanks again for the show. I smile at the hundreds of curious humans across the world making ice spikes simply because they can, then going to the polls to vote someone else so someone else can think things through for them. Adios, Alan. P.S. A while ago I had a flash that came with a grin that RPJ was in reality a Russian. Don't ask me. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> He looks he like has he a could bit be of a, a Russian spy. A, yeah, he has a bit of a... He could have a Mexican-Russian accent as well. He kind of looks Russian. Ah, he looks pretty Spanish. So he sent me a picture. Mexican, like, I guess. Can I call him Spanish? No, I gotta call him Mexican. Jesus. Oh, I Spanish don't people are from Spain? Not really. Gray. Seems like gray. <clears throat> I don't know that whole that whole Latin America root thing. Okay, it doesn't seem like you want to go near it. I'll just get made fun of really bad. <laughs> you Anyways, might, you he, might sent, he sent me this picture of about a whole Do you know lack a of them partying. On the back of that picture, what a boob! Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, a picture of a whole bunch of them partying on the beach, like in a big like pic, like from the seventies, probably whatever. And it just looks so like. Natural, everybody's just having a great time, like about well, 30 or 40 people. Nice. And did, did you catch it? They're all, they would go there and the weather would stay clear above them. Oh. I had an experience like with a friend of mine, we used to go meditate in the labyrinth uh, when I went to, when I went to that treatment center about eight years ago. We would go in there when it was raining. We would drive in the rain anyways, even though it was raining and we'd walk this labyrinth and it was dry. It would, the rain, you'd see rain everywhere else, but over the labyrinth happened multiple times. I'm serious. Huh. You're already rolling your eyes. I'm going to take you golfing with me. Yeah. Well, it did happen to us golfing. Yeah. Well, that's just Alberta. The next <clears> time <throat> we went out, I think we got rained out. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't enough power there. <laughs> it was enough power. 
Pretty sure Kyle's not bringing up the chi. <laughs> I remember, I remember Art Bell doing an experiment in the in the nineties with whether there was drought somewhere, and he got everybody to focus on rain. And I think it rained the next day. You know what I'll do that night. next time? I'm gonna if I'm planning on doing like golfing or camping or something, I'll like well plan it. I'll plan out the day I'm gonna do what camping or something for the weekend a little while advance, and I'll talk about it on the show. And we'll see if we can will the weather okay. for that weekend. Speaking, and if it fucking snows, I'm fucking quitting the show. <laughs> Speaking of weather modification, I'm going to do my little report. Down a gram, going deep. <clears throat> it's a profound UFO quote of a week. Okay, that's... Don't mind Darren's interruption there trying to catch me off guard. So you've asked for other quotes, and for some reason I felt like picking a couple quotes from Carl Jung, and I think they fit on today's episode. Perfect. So the first one is, there's no coming to consciousness without pain. People will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. Mm. Second one is, your visions will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. Um, but there's a lot of dreamers out there. <laughs> That's good, eh? Uh, I like that better than some random UFO quote. Right on, buddy. Well, there I you swear. go. There you have it. There you have it. Okay. So what was I saying before I was rudely interrupted again? Wasn't that rudely. You can never be rude with a jingle. That's true. That's like your entry music. It's your intention, though. You're going to you're like hitting the jingle with the interrupt, interrupt <laughs> gotcha. intention. Gotcha. That's how I'm, like, I'm smiling and laughing when I do it. I'm like, angry at my iPad. I'll fucking get this motherfucker. <laughs> So I can't remember. You want to do your thing? You, I know what it is. And now another edition of no, no, I'm not. No, I'm telling you. Girl. No, <laughs> no, it's the weather report. The weather, the weather modification the weather segment. Report. There we go. Grammar I can't do it every report. week. I've realized I, I just don't have the time to research it every week. So I'm going to try and do one like every couple of weeks or every few weeks. I'll just do like can't a segment. Just get it to read and then that gives you the nine. And then that gives you the, the time to make a proper jingle for it. I'm not making a jingle. <sighs> Okay, then just send me the <laughs> send, send me the <laughs> send me the Fiverr info. Oh, Fiverr, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I meant the whole time. Maybe you actually personally do it. Maybe I maybe figured someone would have sent one over by now. Um, yeah, fine. I'll get the jingle made. I've been listening to the Corbett Report. Um, they've got some great stuff on that. So, Absolutely. Whew. Oh, I, I texted you actually. I watched like a 16 minute video of his and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That really summarized my um, thoughts on weather modification and sort of vis-a-vis climate change. Vis-a-vis? I don't know. That was probably wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I meant to watch that. I watched a couple of Corbett's there the other night, the Saturday night, I think. Yeah. Watched the 9-11 one. Yeah, we're going to try and get James on the show. Yeah. I've been going hard yeah, on those lately. Really good information. So what else you got? That's it, bud. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for another great episode. Yeah, of course. Head oh. over to grammarica.ca/upgrade. 
for all the information on how you can get uh, an entry into our Grimerica iPad giveaway. We're giving away an iPad mini. It'll have mini. It'll have a bunch of, uh, I think we'll take a bunch of pictures with it at the studio. Shit like that. Do a little photo shoot with it. It's full of podcasts and full of podcasts, pod player. Yeah. Put some audiobooks on there. Yep. And we'll uh, send that off with some Grimerica stickers on it and uh, a little Grimerica swag pack. And uh, you can join us for an interview with the guest of your choosing. Of course, that's subject to availability. And uh, yeah. And that is all in order to for us to get some funds to buy a new computer because our computer is like nine years old, our recording computer, and it's posing some problems and it's gonna it's probably not going to last very long. So we're trying to be proactive as per our IT consultant. Yeah. James. James. Thanks, James. And uh, so we're trying to do a little fundraiser. Instead of doing like a Kickstarter or something like that or what, there was a couple other ideas there. We just thought we're just going to do this ourselves and get people to chip in and help us out. Instead of having yeah. that crash and then being... So far, it's going good. Yeah. We sold about 33 tickets, which uh, just about 30% sold out. So that leaves about 87. No, I don't know. At least some tickets left. Yeah. Until June. So there's uh, in March, end of March, April, April, May. So we have two, two and a half months. Or if we sell 125 tickets, then we'll just shut it down there because we'll have enough. Yeah, so. it'd be good just to sell all the tickets. We're only yeah. doing 125 tickets. So it'd be good to just sell the tickets next week. And uh, we can get this thing done. Yep. You can buy a minimum. You don't. There's no maximum. No, you can buy all hundred. Well, there's uh, there's only about ninety left or eighty left, so you can buy all of those. So you're a pretty good shot of winning. Yeah. Could be expensive. Yeah. Probably cheaper to buy the iPad, but the swag pack is priceless. Yeah. Also, not true. You could get it yourself, made yourself, or cheaper than that. True. Anyway. But but you can't just come on Gramerica with a guest of your own. No. That's the kicker. No, not without like asking nicely. Actually, you can donate $432 as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. And grammarica.ca slash support while you're there and sign up for a monthly. Uh, that's who really help us pay the bills and uh, keep the expenses in check and let us know. Um, and keep us ad free. We have no ads, no sponsors. Yeah, exactly. The subscribers are the guy, the money is the. That's the money you can count on. The, the random donations are kind of, they come in a little sp- sporadic. They're kind of few and far between sometimes. So it's nice to always have your monthly subscribers yeah. kicking in. So yeah. thanks, guys. See you guys at the lifeblood of the show. Yeah. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, grammarica.ca slash news. Spam. Spam. That jingle pronounces my name better than you. I don't give a fuck. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Most important of all, pat people on the back. Oh, what? Is it too late to mention something? No, it's never too late. Um, there's an NA meetup. People have heard us talk about the no agenda show on here. Yes. There is an NA meetup group. Uh, we've it's, it's, but it's one meetup group and then there's locations all over the world. So, Dame Monica Lansing and myself are, well, I mean, I'm helping her out here. She's trying to arrange a meetup in uh, Red Deer on May 28th at three o'clock. So I think the best thing to do is if you're a listener to No Agenda or if you're even wanting to sort of meet up with a bunch of us, you could start listening to No Agenda or you could just sign up to the meetup group. And I think it would be nice if we had people sign up and say they're not going 
or they're going uh, just RSVP either way. So we can start tracking no agenda listeners in the area. There's definitely quite a few in Alberta. Yeah, there's a lot in Alberta. So, I mean, the Red Deer is pretty central. It's weird. Alberta seems to be a podcast. Uh, po- yeah, podcast province, yeah. Podcast province, because yeah. we have a big, I mean, as far as Canada goes, and po- can, when you we compare do, it to the yeah. population, we have a big po- po- uh, number Listener base, in yeah. Alberta. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, compared to Ontario and, and Quebec and uh Even locally, sometimes it's surprising how many yeah. local listeners you have. Yeah. So anyways, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. It's basically meetup.com slash no agenda. And if you scroll down to upcoming events, you'll see the one in Red Deer. And you can do it that way. Right on. Yeah. So I'll keep talking about it. Do all that it. stuff. Yeah. It's all in Graham's show notes. Right. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with uh, Kimberly Palm. And we will see you next week. We got, uh, oh no, sorry. We'll see you in the outro. We've got... Uh, bunch of good ones coming up too we got uh eric von daniken eric von daniken richard wilkinson who else uh lynn mctaggart but that's gonna be in a few months when our new book comes out that's right yeah i feel like there's someone we're supposed to well, get joseph farrell. This month. oh yeah joseph farrell yeah yeah it's good times good ahead yeah. should be a fun summer all right all right guys enjoy the chat Tonight we've got Kimberly Palm with us. She's the owner of Body and Mind Healing LLC. She's internationally known stress reduction expert. So that's why I can't wait to talk to her about reducing stress. She's a health coach, an author, and a motivational speaker. And she's renowned as healing healer to the doctors. And she's a creator of the Peace Stress Management System. That's P-E-A-C-E. We'll talk to her about that. And, and her book, oh yeah, her latest book is Conquering Stress, The Real Fountain of Youth. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's uh, I was interested in uh, in your in your research right off the bat because I have a hard time staying relaxed uh, throughout the day at work and stuff like that. So it really it really feels like an important topic that we need to to learn about. Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of a plague actually on the planet, or sort of like a. I think the World Health Organization uh, calls it the 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 latest. Um, what did they call that? Not plague, but there's another term for oh, it. Um, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they said it's the new pandemic. Yeah. So what's causing this stress for everybody? 
you know, honestly, we live in a fast-paced world, you know? I mean, we're you and I were just talking a, a bit ago about being attached to your cell phone 24-7. People just don't know how to shut shut off their mind. They don't know how to shut things down. They're just constantly plugged in, and, and everything is kind of like an instant. Uh, people want an instant response, an instant gratitude, Um you know, it's just go, 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 quick, 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 fast, fast, fast. And it's not like the pioneer days where you spend all day churning butter and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and also the jobs that we're doing on the planet are a lot more brain, you know, there's a lot more jobs and careers where you're using your mind as opposed to back in the olden days when things were more physical. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. The more, the greater the technology, it seems like the more the stress, the stress just goes up, 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 up. And what, and what about our artificial light? Does that play a factor as well? I hear people talking about how oh, yeah. um, it's just like going to yeah. bed at night. Like you normally, when it gets dark, you kind of, your you know, your brain starts relaxing or your body starts oh, relaxing. Yeah. And now people are looking at their TV and their phones up until like, you know, right when they go to bed. Yep. I actually have a, a section in my book on that where I talk about about the fact that, that you need to shut off all your electronics about four hours before bedtime because the blue the blue lights from your cell phone and your and your notepad and your computer and your and even the TV actually stimulate your frontal cortex of your brain. And your brain turns on and stays on for two to four hours after you look at that stuff. So huh. it's pretty four crazy. Hours. That's 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 tough. Yeah, so it's it is. Good in the morning. What do you yeah, mean? it's really good in the Some morning. I mean, heck yeah! Morning. If oh. you want to wake, if you want to wake up, expose your brain to that blue light. It'll be definitely <laughs> awake. <laughs> I think uh, Apple was saying something like the next one is gonna start stepping away from blue light. That would be good. I'd love to see that. I thought I just saw a study that said blue light didn't have the negative effect that everybody thought. Oh, it does. It does. I mean, in my own household, we've seen it with my my teenage son who's on video games until midnight and then he he tries to go to sleep and he can't sleep. And when we unplug him early enough, he's able to fall asleep. No problem. But if he's gaming up until bedtime, he can't he can't do it. Uh Your brain just gets all overstimulated. And there's there's no study that can ever that can ever tell me otherwise, because I've seen I've seen it happen like right, i've actually yeah, seen it yeah. does he have strange dreams uh, after playing video games by any chance yeah he does <laughs> apparently it really uh helps increase your your dream state oh yeah definitely i should try that darren i try all these other things for lucid dreaming but not video gaming video gaming yeah for for dreaming uh, i can't help you there you, you've been playing like classic video games I play mario yeah. how's your dreaming uh non-existent <laughs> Pretty much non-existent, or if it is, I don't remember it. So how did, <laughs> how, did how did you end up um, getting into this? Uh, I mean, you've you know you've been an author and researching and stuff for a while, but how did you end up getting into the stress stress uh, book and writing about that, or teaching people oh, how to reduce that? Wow. Well, that's a really that's an awesome question because basically this all started 28 years ago is what launched me. Um, I was misdiagnosed by a physician and I had to start learning how to heal myself because the physicians let me down and it happened over and over and over again. And eventually, after spending years and years and years of studying everything from anti-aging to, you know, every kind of self-healing method known to man, uh, what I what I realized and what I found out 
um, after studying stress and reading uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief, uh-huh. I found out that basically all illness is all pretty much caused by stress. And, and the reason the doctors couldn't diagnose me or would misdiagnose me and, and they couldn't give me any results to my to my mystery health problems is because the mystery health problems were all stress, just stress, stress, stress. And and then you have doctors, 90% of physicians are burnt, burned out and stressed out because they don't learn stress management in medical school. So so if we go to a doctor and we're having stress-related illness, they can't really help us because they can't even help themselves. So, so that's kind of like the big, um, the big uh, mystery of the medical industry. <laughs> so, so what kind of stuff were, are we talking about here? Just to give me an idea of, because I've, I've, I've got friends that same thing happens, right? They're misdiagnosed. They, the medical system is really not helping them. Like it's, it's no. kind of trying, but it's just really not. Like no. they just want to prescribe pills and there's sort of like chronic issues and yeah and there's all it's all just like band-aid solutions like they don't even want to get to the the root cause of anything yeah it's not it's not a root cause and so here's the thing is a whole new crop of doctors is starting to come up and they're called functional and integrative doctors Functional doctors means that they're getting to the root cause of the illness and then they're they're doing testing, like maybe genetic testing. So I'll give you an example. So let's say that somebody has a digestive problem or they're not absorbing um, vitamins. With genetic testing, you can find out that you have a gene mutation that keeps you from um, absorbing vitamins. There's a thing called the MTHFR mutation. And if you have that in your genetics, you can't absorb vitamins. Well, that's going to cause all sorts of health problems. Problems. And how you get these gene mutations, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton and his research, is through stress, epigenetically inherited stress. Wow. So what's really crazy is when you and I are stressed out, that goes into your cells. Your cells actually absorb all the stress and it stays in there until until or unless you clear it out. And then if you have a baby or you make someone pregnant, then that baby inherits all that stress in the form of illness. So then they wind up with gene mutations and all sorts of creepy stuff happening to them that they have no clue why they have it and it's it's all stress so um but but basically every time you're stressed every time you think a negative thought anytime anything negative happens to you it goes right into your dna right into your cells it affects every cell in your body and then it causes weird things like fibromyalgia fibromyalgia is 100 percent stress related um because i was diagnosed with that and i i cured it just by just by getting rid of the stress and healing my adrenals. Wow. So, um, and, and, and speaking of that, adrenals, that your adrenal glands are like your stress uh, gland in your body. And mm-hmm. so every time you're stressed, your adrenals are releasing cortisol stress hormone into your body. And that causes everything from diabetes and hypoglycemia to high blood pressure, hormone imbalances, sex problems, uh, fibromyalgia, arthritis, autoimmune disorders like MS and um, what's it called? Lou Gehrig's disease, all that kind of crazy stuff. It's pretty much all, it's all stress there. Um, there's a root cause of stress for just about pretty much everything. <laughs> wow. So in your own case, how, how much of the stress do you think was, was your own doing or how much of it was environmental or epigenetic? Like, is there, is it different for everybody? Do you think, or do you see a trend yeah. among, or do you see a trend among everybody that like a lot of it is just brought on by their own thought patterns? So, so 98% of it is caused by stress you create for yourself. So you're in control of 98% of it and only two, yeah, and only 2% of it is inherited through the genetics. And that's according to 15 years of scientific research by, by Bruce Lipton into epigenetics. 
So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. And, and we are in control. You're in control. You can, you can keep yourself from doing and thinking and saying stupid stuff that's going to make you sick. Huh. Does that, so what about environment though? Like what about people yeah. that are in that environment that, that just, you know, they're in that hopeless kind of cycle of, I don't know whether it's, um, you mean like a stressful job or something? Yeah, like? or or stressful living conditions, uh, not being able to make ends meet. You know, they can't they can't right. work or like how much? I mean, that must be, play a big factor as well. Oh yeah, but but you even have control over that because you can make good and bad choices, right? It's all about decision making, and and if you wanted help, there's all kinds of help out there. There's all kinds of organizations and social platforms and places where people can go now to get retraining and job training and uh, house, homeless housing. Like just in our state, um, I live in Washington, and we have so many because it's a democratic state. We have a lot of social welfare programs, so homeless people, if they're homeless it's because they're choosing to there's plenty of of places where they take homeless people in and they feed them and they give them job training and they get them on their feet again and and that kind of stuff so so honestly in in just about any situation you're in control um especially uh because one of my programs i created it's called mind power for success and and the fact of the matter is you can manifest and create whatever you want in your life so if you're stuck in a bad situation it's actually your own doing yeah i i you know, I, I sort of believe that as well, but it is harder for people that are stuck in that. Like it's, it's, it, it is, you know, people have less flexibility if they're brought up in, right. in some real poor, you know, um, I don't right. know, you know what I mean? It's, there's, yeah, there's, I know what you mean. If they're born, born like in a ghetto or something, yeah. but you know, there's stories. So, so my favorite story is Denzel Washington. He was born in what Harlem or somewhere like that or yeah. Detroit those places and and then he he wound up going to the boys and girls club and he got help and then he you know later became an actor and now he is a mentor at the boys and girls club and and my own story is the same way i was born into a very poor family my parents had no money at all and i i um started supporting my family when i was 11 years old i started babysitting and doing stuff to earn money and i even lied about my age and got a job um a real job at the age of 14 flipping burgers at a carl's jr in southern california California and, um, you know, supported my family. And when it was time for me to go to college, my parents said, we don't have any money for you to go to college. We're, we're poor. And if, you know, why can't you just go marry a rich guy and take care of all of us? And and so I, I actually put myself through college, uh, didn't take out any loans, didn't get any grants. I basically spent, um, seven years getting my bachelor's degree in business and I did it all myself. So, so I'm a, I'm a story of, of overcoming and, and I have more in my life than my parents ever acquired, you know, they're gone now they died, but, but I have a hundred times more uh, abundance than they ever achieved in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, so how, can you tell us more about that path where you were being misdiagnosed and some of the things that you, that led you to realize that you have more control than you thought? Yeah, you know, basically after studying everything about stress, um, you know, you have to understand that there's different types of stress, which is what the peace, my whole peace program is. It's a comprehensive stress program, but um, but what we call um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a you know kind of a, a psych kind of thing. You learn that that you know you have these good thoughts and these bad thoughts, and and the good thoughts vibrate at what we call a really high energy vibration that creates happiness and serotonin. And 
and the brain and, you know, that kind of thing and, and good health. And your unhappy thoughts vibrate at a low frequency, which causes sickness, which shows up in what's called your energy body first, um, or, you know, in Christianity, they call it your soul, I guess. But, um, but it shows up in your energy field first, and then it shows up in the form of cancer and all sorts of illnesses. And um, the other thing is every time you think a negative thought, you're releasing cortisol stress hormone, which completely wipes out your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your heart, everything. I mean, it just kills you. So, um, so, so what happened to me is I, as I was going through all these mystery illnesses, I was researching, 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 and researching, and I would try you know, different things. Like I try meditation or Mm -hmm. I try this or that, and I would have some results. Okay. I'd have some results, but I wouldn't have a complete healing. And the reason why is because that was at the point where I hadn't figured out yet that everything was all about the stress and, and the mental stress and, you know, me being able to control my thoughts and my thinking and my choices and, and all that. So it was just kind of a process of trying different things and, and failing, epically failing and going, well, this doesn't work and this doesn't work. So let's try this. Oh, this works. And finally figuring out that what it boils down to is if you want to be hap- happy, healthy and whole and live long on this planet, you really have to do everything. So you have to eat a good diet. You have to exercise every day. You have to think positive thoughts. You have to try to control your environment as much as you possibly can. You need to get yourself out of bad situations. So if you're living with somebody who abuses you, you need to get out of that situation. If you care about yourself, uh, a lot of it boils down to self-love. You have to learn how to love yourself enough to to get yourself out of a bad situation. Hmm. But there's but there's a lot of people who have what we call upper limit barriers and blocks and beliefs that have been in them since birth, and also some of it is inherited uh, from your um, and and I think this is also from the biology of belief. There's there's these belief systems that you inherit from uh, your uh, ancestors that can cause poverty. You could be stuck in poverty because you believe that money doesn't grow on trees or if if I become rich, I'll become greedy or I'll be evil if I'm rich or, you know, you have these like what we call negative limiting belief systems. Yeah. And they can, and those can keep you stuck in your life in a really bad place. And so when I work with coaching my clients, the first thing we do is we peel away the layers of the onion and we look at removing any of the limiting thoughts, any of the limiting behaviors and any of the limiting beliefs, whether they're conscious or self subconscious um, beliefs that are like tapes playing kind of in the back of your mind, things that your mother told you, like you'll never amount to anything, or you'll always be a loser or you suck or you're unloved, you're unwanted wanted, you know, all these things that go into our mind from birth and they're playing in the back of our head, that stuff keeps us from having good health and happiness in our lives. So that, so that's why you keep slipping back, right? Cause I've seen this happen with people yes. as well. They, yes. they meditate or they practice mindfulness or they do all these different types of healing and it makes a difference yeah. for a while. But then if I feel like the negative right. core beliefs that what you're talking about, those upper limits yeah. start slipping back into the Yes. I don't know, like how it goes. Does it, it doesn't really come right. back in your subconscious, but it's it's back in the prevalence of your, right. I don't know, of your system somehow. Yeah. And, and so what I tell people, and I even said this in, in my book, I had a, um, a section about physical stress and physical health, which is the P system, the P stands for physical health. And I'm talking about, you know, eating a healthy diet and exercise and vitamins and supplements. And I talk about the fact that, um, 
that basically um, if you do it all right, like you're doing everything you possibly can do and you're still not healing, your body still isn't getting better, then if all else fails, you need like a medical intuitive or somebody to help you figure out you know, what, what else could there be? And in that case, it's usually what we call these sub, these subconscious things that are keeping you from, from getting ahead in your life or healing or healing. You know, there's these things that are keeping you from it. And I, and I even have a section about what we call past life. Emotional I was just going to ask, I was just going to ask yeah. about that. If, if it goes yeah. that deep, right? Yeah, it, it does. And I've had my own experience with that, actually, where I had a health condition that just would not heal. And I and I tried everything known to man from Reiki to shamanism to, of course, every kind of medical doctor. You know, none of the doctors could help me. I, I had eight doctors shake their head and say, there's no solution. I don't know what to tell you. And so at one point I figured out, well, there's something wrong here. So I actually went to a hypnotherapist Mm -hmm. and the hypnotherapist put me under and regressed me to a past life where I uncovered some interesting, juicy stuff and and found out that was the root cause of my of my health problem. And once we brought that life up and we were able to clear it, we did some clearing on that, what we call theta clearing. Mm -hmm. um, My health problem went away. Wow. No more health problems. Was that that by any chance uh, like Dolores Cannon stuff at all or? No, it was just stuff that I, uh, yeah, I know who she is. This was just something I just did with my hypnotherapist. The two worked together on it and and got rid of it. And I did the theta, I did the theta clearing on myself because I know how to do that. I do that with my clients. But she's the one who helped me bring up the past life garbage. And she was in, she's so intuitive that at the same time I had the vision, she saw the vision at the same time. She like, we were both having this vision at the same time. And and she saw that I was pregnant in this past life Mm -hmm. and that I, all this weird stuff was happening to me. And once we were able to get rid of that, my, my health problem just got better and better and better every day. And, you know, it it was just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I hear about these people, like there's some people in Calgary that are, that are following Dolores's Cannon's work. And like, I guess they're, I don't know if you call it certified or whatever, but it's quite the, you know, it's like a four or five hour session with them, but apparently, you know, even just becoming aware of your past lives and the things start, start the healing process. Like, you know, you don't even necessarily have to go too deep as long as you start to become aware of it. That is true. All you have to do is be aware of it. What's really amazing. I'll tell you another story of me with the past life thing. Um, my family and I like to, to go on vacations where we go snorkeling and I, every time I would try to snorkel, I'd have a panic attack, wow. really bad panic. I was just like afraid. Um, ever since I was young, I've had this fear of being in water with my feet, not being able to touch, touch the ground. If, if my feet can't touch the ground in the water, then I would get all panicky. And so I went under hypnosis and I found out that I was drowned in several past lifetimes. And that was why I was afraid of, of not being able to touch the water. And so we did some clearing around that. And once we did that, I went on my first awesome vacation we went to hawaii and i snorkeled and i was probably in 40 feet of water and i didn't have a problem i wasn't scared i was totally relaxed and chill i mean i was totally chill i I didn't feel nervous at all and it was the first time in my life that that i got to experience that so that was all because i yeah and that was all because of past life uh uh, post what we call post-traumatic stress disorder from past life incidences where i was drowned yeah wow that's great I love hearing those stories where people, like it happens, like, you know, the evidence is undeniable, right? When it happens to yourself like that, right? When you have these phobias and then. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. And, and you know, in my book, because I, I have a warning, like a caveat or, or whatever at the beginning, kind of a disclaimer at the beginning of the chapter where I talk about past life emotional stress. And I say, you know, for those of you who are like 
of like maybe a Christian faith or Muslim or some background where, you know, there are certain things that are taboo, you know, like a taboo subject, you may have a problem with this. But, but I said, you cannot refute the evidence. And the evidence is that there are millions of people who have had past life hypnosis regressions in the last, you know, couple hundred years that are documented going all the way back to the 1800s. There are people who have had documented past life regression um, sessions and you can't refute that. You just, you can't refute all the people. I mean, even Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is one of my, um, you know, mentors in, in the spiritual industry, you know, he, he said, and he was a psychologist, you know, he was a PhD and he was a psychotherapist. And he said, I never believed in past lives until he went under a hypnosis session where he spontaneously went into a, um, a past life. And he recalled the entire thing from beginning to end. And then he had several other, after that, he had, he had several past lives that, that he recalled where he was some guy named Peter Dunoff or something. And and then this other guy he was that was like hundreds of years ago where he was in the desert. And he said after those experiences, he without a doubt believes that there are such thing as as past lives. But but up until his experience, he never believed in it. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of research now about the near-death experiences as well. That Just that consciousness is not residing in our brain, right? That it's something external to it as well. And and the past right. life research now is is fantastic. Like all these people writing books about hundreds and hundreds of reports of, you know, evidence of past lives. And I, yeah, I think we're in an interesting time where this is really starting to, I think it's starting to break things. Yeah, open. it's exploding. It's exploding. And, and also just the, the level of consciousness on the planet is raising the vibration as far as people waking up. You know, there's just so many people who are waking up and waking up and waking up to the fact that uh, the world, the universe doesn't revolve around us, that there's so much more in the universe. Um, what we know about and see is only 5% of what's really out there. There's another 95% of stuff out there that we can't see or touch or feel, but it's there. And we're just learning about it. I mean, that's where all all these ghost shows, you know, you got the ghost hunters and the international ghost hunters and all these different paranormal shows where they've got video and they've got recordings of ghosts and spirits and demons and, you know, demonologists who were talking about somebody earlier who we know who's a demonologist. Uh, You know, all this stuff is happening, happening now at this time in, um, the course of the earth where people are, are seeing that there's more to life than what we have thought, thought there was, you know, there's just so much more out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, yeah, we were talking about Sonia bros earlier. We did a, we did yeah. a chat with her either. If people are interested in, and Sonia is, is, was a great, uh, great guest. She's been very helpful to me even since the interview and, and, uh, she's not just a demonologist, but she's got very practical, um, advice as well on on healing and everything so just if the listeners uh they can always go back and listen to sonia's chat as well yeah sonia's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah yeah i think she knew some other friends of ours as well like uh some of the ancient alien uh sort of i think some of the guys that we used to go to symposiums with and stuff as well it's interesting how that all comes around definitely yeah i love talking about the idea of aliens because that kind of stresses people out <laughs> A lot of people get stressed even thinking about aliens. Really, eh? Do you think we're Do you think we're we are ready as a society for some sort of uh, disclosure? Not that I really want to get too deep into it, but you know, I, I think there. I think that that woken up popu- population, like myself, is like excited about it. It's like I'm like bring it on, bring on all the alien. You know, I, I'm not afraid. I don't have any fear. 
But um, but I think that there's a huge percent of the population that isn't ready. We've got what we call the fear, fear-based people out there. We've got a lot of people out there that are still living in this fear-based mode of um, God is going to send a lightning bolt up my butt and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, and um, you know, the people who think who are just constantly in fear, 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 fear all the time, I, I think that if, if aliens landed, they would just go crazy and all kill each other. You know, they just go, they'd, they'd go nuts. They'd probably break into stores and blow up buildings and they just, they would just go absolutely nuts. You know, some of, some of the old religions that are very radical, some of these really radicalized religions, they, they wouldn't, their brains wouldn't be able to handle uh, the fact that their religion was wrong. <laughs> they'd be like, oh my God, my religion was wrong. Ah, they'd go crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to say how people would react. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I just, I don't think it would be good. I, I don't, I think that there's a certain percent of the world that's ready, but I think the only way the other people in the world would be ready is it would have to be brought to them in a very gentle and loving manner that, that they can absorb and handle. You know what I mean? There'd yeah. have to be like some kind of method where, I don't know, an alien appears in their house and talks to them in a very kind way and says, we're here to help you and we're not the enemy and, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know. They'd have to have some kind of like a mystical, like a mystical, magical experience that would make them to uh, believe or to understand it in a way so that they wouldn't flip out and go all crazy. Yeah, some people say that's kind of what's happening. I mean, some people say that that's there is a soft disclosure going on where there is more contact. And like even we had Grant Cameron yeah. on and he was talking about all the downloads, people are getting the downloads oh, of, yeah. of, you know, technical information, music, art, oh, all yeah. kinds of channeling going on like more than ever. So, Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, I've had my own experiences with that since I was born and um, just amazing experiences where I've heard, mu- you know, music. I've actually sat and written music and lyrics and where I got it from was I was actually hearing it like I was hearing this music and, you know, just stuff like that happened. Hmm. Definitely had wow. a lot of that happen. So, so what, what about... Um, what about the core, the core things we can do here to, to reduce stress? Cause I, I, I try practice meditation and I do lots of yoga right. and stuff like that. I really try and be mindful about my stress levels and, and, uh, right. you know, I've, I've been fairly what I think of as relaxed, but I find myself at work and I don't breathe properly. Like I just hold my breath and I'm all physically tense. Yep. Like I've even got this Buddhist. Exactly. I've got this Buddhist, Buddhist <laughs> I've got this Buddhist calendar up there. And, and even like the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I was having a pretty bad week and this lady at work's like, you need to, she pointed, pointed at my, my calendar and she's like, you need to do that. And I go, I do meditate, you know, all the time. She goes, well, it's not working. <laughs> <She> goes, <laughs> so, it's obviously not working all the time, but I mean, how do you, yeah. like, is, is breathing really important? I mean, yep. Yeah. So, so, th- um, that's a great question. And, um, so the first, the very first thing, if I were to give you a priority list of the things you have mm. that everybody has to do right now on the planet to relieve stress, number one is going to be practicing mindfulness and mindfulness is not meditation. It is a practice that you do all day long. And when you're from the minute you're awake in the morning until the minute you go to bed at night. So you can use it as a, as a meditation. It's definitely a form of meditation. There's 108 types of meditation. I'm actually a certified meditation and a certified mindfulness instructor. Right. And, um, but meditation and I, helps you get there, right? Meditation will help you to relax and to chill and to lower your blood pressure. And it does have a lot of beneficial uh, things to it. But the mindfulness 
is um, something that you're doing all day long. And what that is, is just staying in the present moment. Because the reason people are so stressed is they're too busy worrying about what's next, what's next, what's next, or they're stewing on their past. Like I meet so many people who can't get out of the past. Like they're like, oh my God, uh, so-and-so beat me up five years ago. And they just keep, their. Um, I call it hitting the replay button. Every time you tell a story to somebody about something bad that happened to you in the past, every time you think about it or you recount that story with somebody, you're releasing the same cortisol stress hormone. In fact, um, as, as the it, event happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I really love? I, I, okay. So I have a program for physicians and I go and I talk to physicians and, and they're very analytical, right? So I'll show them pictures of a blood pressure monitor and a heart rate monitor. Not, and, and this is what I tell them. I go, look guys, if I strap you in to all this equipment, a pulse oximeter, which shows your oxygenation level of your blood, strap you into a blood pressure cuff, strap you into a, put an EKG, whatever heart monitor on you. Here's what going to happen. If I have you recount to me a story of a car accident or a mother-in-law that, you know, beat you up or, or something, the minute you start talking or thinking about it, all your blood pressure is going to go crazy. Your oxygen in your blood is going to go down because you're either shallow breathing, holding your breath or your chest breathing. So your oxygen level in your blood is going to go down. Your, your heart rate is going to go uh, up you know, some, some people through the roof, it's going to get rapid. Some people will go into, you know, like a tachycardia, they have a panic attack. And, um, so all these things are going to physiologically affect you every time you think about or talk about some negative thing that happened to you in the past. So the, the first thing is you need to practice mindfulness. You need to be constantly only focusing on what is going on right now, not what's going on in the future. I've got 50 things on my to-do list or, oh my God, I have a report due in five hours. Um, you don't think about that. You you, you write your to-do list. I, I actually coach people on time management and, and uh, plate overload and overwhelm and how to organize their time. And and what I tell them is you write up your to-do list and, you, and when you're doing each thing on your to-do list, you only focus on just that. You yeah, don't worry yeah. about anything else. You just focus on what is happening right now. Right now I'm eating an apple and it tastes juicy and it's a red color and it smells really good and it's crunchy in my mouth and it's juicing into my mouth and you really, really focus on everything about that apple. Yeah, I, it sounds cliche, but I totally agree with you. I think being in the moment is, is huge for stress. Honestly, like you can spend your time worrying about all kinds of stuff in the future that's most of it's not going to happen anyways. Like, so I, I try and practice going into the future in a positive. If I'm going to think about the future, I try and I at least perceive it as positive, but I try not to even go there. Like I remember, but I think for people it's, it's just doesn't click. Like they don't really, it, it sounds all good. Like it'll be a moment, but it doesn't click. Like I remember my dad used to tell me, uh, 15, 20 years ago, he used to tell me like, I'd be going into like meetings at my sort of in my corporate job or whatever. And he'd be like, stay present. Like he'd tell me this, stay in the moment, stay present. And I, I kind of knew what he meant. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of paid it. I paid more attention, I think because of that, but right. I didn't really get it until probably yeah, you need like the training. Eight, eight or 10 years ago when I started practicing mindfulness meditation, which is to me, practice of being in the moment in the day, like it's the, right. it's the meditation, which helps you recognize when you're not in the moment during the day. Like that's right. And so now yeah, instead of just surfing through the future and going on and I'm like, I can trace my thoughts going into crazy, crazy directions. At least now I have some sort of awareness to catch myself and bring myself back. 
Yeah, it, that's it's all good. And, and I, I think that people need to start off when they're learning mindfulness because mindfulness isn't just what I'm telling you here. I mean, it's a whole course. There's like a lot involved with it. And so that's why they need to learn the whole instruction on it. Um, and that's why just being in, just telling somebody to be in the present moment, that's not going to work because it's it's much more complicated than than that, than what we're talking about. Yeah. So you do need you do need to get some instruction on how to be mindful. You need to either buy a book. There's um, a really good book um by Thich Nhat Tan on um on mindfulness that mm-hmm. um all they have to do is look up Thich Nhat Tan on on Amazon and his book's like eight bucks or something but it's um the art of mindfulness or something like that mm-hmm. um and and you know if you if you learn what it is and really how to practice it it, it can make a difference but the be- the easiest way to do it for somebody who's never tried it before is starting off with five minutes a day just and the same with meditation you start off with five Five minutes a day and then you work your way up and you work your way up you work your way up you don't try to just sit down and do do that for an hour because you're going to epically fail everybody's going to totally epically fail if they try to do something they've never done before and they try to do too much of it at once you have you have to start off with baby steps you start off with a minute here two minute I, I mean i'll teach doctors like one and two minute meditations because they just don't have time you know i'm teaching them one two three minute vacation to hawaii you know i'll teach them how to teach take a vacation to Hawaii in their mind for a minute or Can two. Can we do that now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably being serious too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to yeah. take a vacation? Yeah, I want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> I've never been. For one minute or two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want Do you want yeah. Do you want to lead? Can yeah. you lead? I'm, I'm happy to do that. You know, if your listeners. If you're driving, you might just want to like skip that. ahead a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You if can't you're, drive to Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're in a car, if you're operating heavy machinery of any kind, or you know you're using electric, whatever, or you're in your car, you don't want to do this right now. <laughs> you will you will be killed. <laughs> it's so funny because I was just watching the show. I try not to watch too much TV, but the billions, and it's uh, you know mind, mindfulness and meditation is making its way into the corporate world big time now. Like in that show, billions, both those guys. Both the main characters are are meditating. They say they show them constantly just taking these like five little minute meditations with their phone. Like, yeah, totally. Right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's send Darren. Somewhere. You want to? Do you want to do it? Yeah. Let's I, do I'll it. be happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. Okay. So this this is my uh, trip to Hawaii. I do this with people whenever I speak, whenever I do speaking, when I do training with people. This is a stress relief technique that all of your audience can use. And so what you want to do is wherever you are, you want to sit upright in a chair. You want to make sure your feet are flat on the floor and they're not crossed. You want to make sure your palms or your hands are either in your lap or open on your legs. And you want to keep your shoulders relaxed and your spine completely straight and your head and your neck straight. And the reason you want to do this is because if your spine is all twisted up or bent over, then you're not going to be able to relax and really shut your mind down because your body's going to be freaking out and all your muscles are going to be tight. So you want to relax and chill. So close your eyes. And what you're going to want to do is take a really long, slow, deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. So maybe count to seven in your mind and just breathe in. And breathe out and do it two more times. Breathe in and breathe out really long and slow, kind of like a balloon. 
And imagine in your mind kind of like a, a screen, like a movie screen, 360 degrees around you. And imagine that you're in this room, kind of like a white room, and there's nothing there except for a door. And when you open the door, you step out on this beautiful sandy beach. And just see this really beautiful sandy beach with turquoise blue water and waves crashing down on one side. And on the other side of the beach is this beautiful tropical kind of forest or park area with beautiful bright colored birds singing and flowers, different types of flowers, sort of a flowery smell in the air mixed with kind of a sea salt smell mixed with kind of sandy smell. Just imagine what the ocean smells like, kind of the salt air. Just imagine that the, that the wind is kind of blowing through your hair, just blowing your hair around and the sun is shining and if you look up in the sky, you see this beautiful blue sky with a few puffy clouds going by. And imagine looking out on the horizon on the water and seeing kind of like a, a sailboat. There's a sailboat going by. You can even imagine that there's this really warm sand kind of um, going up around your ankles. And you can imagine digging your toes into the sand and just feeling the warm sand all around your feet. And the waves and the foam crashing on the beach, the sun kind of sparkling on the water. And imagine taking your finger and writing the word peace on the sand, just writing P-E-A-C-E -E on the sand. Kind of drawing on the sand with your mind, the word peace. P-E-A-C-E, -E, peace, peace. Just imagine that there's some seagulls flying over and in your mind, you can even walk down the beach if you want. Look for seashells, bend over and pick them up. You can also walk into the water and float around in the water if you want to. And you can make this meditation as long as you want. You can make a complete movie where you're floating around in the water, you're swimming, you're um, riding around on a boat. You can imagine water skiing or jet skiing, whatever is relaxing and fun for you. And when you're ready, um, you know, you can open your eyes and just kind of come back and maybe shake out your your arms and your legs and just kind of get the circulation going again kind of move around move your body around and get some circulation going nice and we're back yeah and you know you can do that as long as you want you could do like one minute where you just close your eyes and just picture yourself in in a relaxing spot and just that enough can can really lower your blood pressure and and really help you um and speaking of blood pressure i have so to give everybody counts? a warning yeah that counts as meditating yeah even some if it's people a minute might call that daydreaming yeah you can 
Y- it is daydreaming, but it's a form of it's meditation. Focused. It's, it's, focused it's a daydreaming. visualization. It's called a guided or a, a visualization, yeah, either guided or that. self-guided. Yeah, but see, that's, it's it's intentional though, right? And you're in your yeah. it's a focused meditation. So daydreaming is more right. like you're just letting your like if somebody. It's nice to have you lead that because if I was just to go to Hawaii in my mind, I'd oh, be God. all over the place, right? I'd be like, right, right. You know, I'd be flying somewhere right. else, and I'd be on you the beach. Flew in there, yeah. It's just, lucid yeah. Yeah. So, so what? I, yeah, what I recommend to the audience is when you're starting off with this kind of stuff, the best thing to do is go online and buy some guided meditation CDs or MP3s. There's literally hundreds of them where somebody's guiding you through a, a process. You know, whether it's breathing or whatever it is, counting. You know, um, sil- the Sylvan Mind Method is one that's a really good guided meditation program. Um, there's a lot of great guided meditation programs out there. And HemiSync too, right? You, I think we. Yeah, HemiSync is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Hemisync is good. Uh, sound healing. Jonathan Goldman's got oh, some yeah, good stuff. Really James good, yeah. James Twyman. Um, there's a thing with Wayne Dyer and James Twyman called the Moses Code, Wishes Fulfilled, or no, it's called I Am Wishes Fulfilled CD, and that's got um, it's got sound healing in there that with you know certain uh, vibrational sound that actually heals your your body, mind, and spirit. It's really quite incredible. And um, sometimes just laying there and chilling out and doing nothing except focusing your mind on the music because all meditation is people don't understand this but all meditation is is just quieting and focusing your mind that's all it is yeah that's all you're doing you know the devil's not going to take you over you're in 100 percent control of your mind i mean i get into arguments with people who have radical beliefs all the time because they think oh somebody's going to take them over while they're meditating it's like really give me a break you know you're in control of your own faculties nobody's going to take you over while you're relaxing that's like saying oh i'm going to lay on a beach and the devil's going to come jump inside of me Yeah, and and those those ones. I mean, that's probably a a good place to start, and then and then mindfulness is is powerful. I find because then you start learning how to separate yourself from your thoughts and and realizing that okay, those are my thoughts, and I'm watching them go by, and I'm not attached to them anymore. Like you know, even if it's for cravings or addiction or just even just 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 staying in the moment. Like you can actually just detach a little bit from. Mindfulness is great for addiction problems, whether it's sex addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever. I mean, practicing mindfulness um, has helped so many people get over addictions. It's not even funny. It's it's good stuff. It's really powerful. And it's endorsed by the American Medical Association. And um, actually, everything I do in my business is endorsed by, by the Medical Association because it's all been scientifically studied. All the stuff I do is all um, has tons and tons of studies on it about how it benefits you. So. Yeah, it's funny how it's endorsed, yet it's still sort of ignored in the mainstream in a way. Yeah, like, they do. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice, like, you know, our, our insurance providers up here in Canada cover massage, <clears throat> massage, massage. now. Um, but, I mean, it would be nice if they covered float tanks eventually or, you know. Hyperbaric chambers. I, yeah. yeah. I should try and sneak the float tank in there, yeah. There's like yeah, the little hyperbaric section chambers that's are pretty awesome. gray. You might be able to get it in there, but I don't know. <laughs> Because those fuckers didn't cover my allergy medicine. When really? I went to get my allergy <laughs> testing, I submitted that receipt, and they were like, no. Really? And it was only 60 bucks. Yeah, acupuncture they cover, I think, as well. That's okay. We have Obamacare here in the U.S., and that's just as bad as anything that you can imagine. <laughs> that's all right. Trump will fix all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or so he thinks. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so what's next then after uh, we talked about um, yeah, you know, the so meditation, my, the mindfulness? So, yeah, so, so mindfulness. Yeah. So, yeah, mindfulness, meditation. The third thing is definitely breathing. So, the problem that most people have during the day is they either hold their breath when they're stressed, or they shallow breathe, or they chest breathe, and that's not how you're born. When you're born, you're doing what's called deep belly breathing. And in Eastern talk, they call it pranayama breathing. And I actually took a whole uh, series of courses on that on, and I trained people on how to breathe properly, believe it or not. Nice. But, but the problem is, is that when you're not breathing properly, you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain and you're not healing your body. So if you have any kind of health issues and you're, and you're holding your breath a lot because you're stressed, then that's going to make your health problem worse and worse and worse, not, not better because you need a lot of oxygen to heal your, to heal your body. So, um, just, you know, what I teach people with breathing is to just kind of check in with themselves a couple times a day and, and make sure that they're fully breathing. And I teach them how to breathe into their belly and, and fully expand their belly out when they're breathing in. And then their belly should come into their spine when they're breathing out. So you're breathing in through your nose and you're expanding your tummy out kind of like a fuzzy balloon. And then when you breathe out and you blow it all out, your your tummy should collapse and your shoulders should should come down. And and that's the proper way to breathe. And if you you tra- you can train yourself. There's actually a breath trainer machine you can buy to actually train yourself to do that properly. What, what do you mean by that? Is that a, is that a physical device? Or yeah, is there's a little. Something? It's a little. No, well, you can get apps for that. There are apps for that. But there's also a, a little machine. It's like a little square box that fits in the palm of your hand. And my husband bought it because it's great for high blood pressure. It actually helps people who have high blood pressure, and it trains you to breathe properly. And you can set it for different intervals and different types of settings and stuff. And um, it works pretty good. And you put a mask on? No, no. This is just a little thing that you hold on to. And, and, it, t- and it tells you, like, when to take a breath or, you know, it just kind of trains you to breathe, to breathe correctly. It's just a little box you hold. You don't have to do anything crazy, like put oxygen on or anything like mm. that. Where do we get that from? We should get some oxygen for this. If you, if you Google, like, breath trainer or breathing, uh, breathing devices or, or, um, or, uh, probably blood pressure lowering breathing devices or something like that. It, it, it'll probably come up basically because I don't know the name of it. Like, I don't know the, yeah, the yeah, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll look it up. I just haven't heard about that before. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's called the breath trainer or something like that. That seems about right to me. But if you put in breath trainer, I I have a feeling it'll come up. And there might be several different brands. Yeah, because that's my main, honestly, my main problem is just remembering to breathe. Like, I I try and consciously do it, but it's just, I just end up holding my breath. Yeah, I think seriously, like even... Not hold, not literally holding it, but you're just not doing that deep conscious breathing, right? Like you're just yep. depriving your body of oxygen. And you've you've heard of that Wim Hof guy, Darren, where like he's mm. there's studies that show like you're right about the oxygenating and, and stuff. Like it's act you're activating your body at a cellular level when you do this these deep breathing exercises. But that's not yeah. all you can't you can't do that all the time, can you? Yeah, but no. Yeah. But the more you deep breathe, and the, the, that, that helps. It becomes a habit. It helps strengthen your lungs. Breathing all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it, it strengthens your lungs. It's not something. So here's the thing: is you don't worry about it all the time. The thing is, is you know, every day you maybe check in a couple times a day, exactly. but then over time, but then over time, you train yourself so that you don't have to check in. See, it's going to be what we call an automatic response yeah. or a, a subconscious oh. or an unconscious thought, kind of like when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you go. 
to the bathroom. Like your your mind knows that when you have to pee, you got to get up and you got to go to the bathroom. Well, that's that how it's going to be. Yeah. That yeah. It's super have, automatic for me. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, have you ever driven down the highway and then all of a sudden you find yourself five miles down the road and you don't know how you got there? Your brain kind of goes on autopilot. Texting. That's, that, <laughs> yeah. that, no, yeah. that's like the classic example. I'll never forget that yeah. example from like 15 years ago when people were talking about it. And that's, yeah, I'd go yeah. like 10 minutes and go, where? It's tough. It doesn't really, really, yeah, not in the city, yeah. but on the highway, especially if you're doing a long haul, like if you're driving yeah. for a few hours, just like, poof. Exactly. Here. Where, yeah. What happened to that last town? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The the thing is, is that when you're training yourself to breathe over time, it will become automatic. So you won't have to think about it or worry about it or stress about it. it it's just a matter of just checking in with yourself, like setting an alarm on your phone or yeah, on your computer for an hour that says, check my breathing. And all that means is you put your hand, what I tell people to do, and you can do it right now if you want, is you put one hand on your, on your tummy and one hand on your chest. And when you breathe in, you want to make sure that your stomach is expanding out and your shoulders are coming up. And when you breathe out, your shoulders should drop down and your belly should go back in towards your spine. And, and that is proper breathing. And you just do it like three or four times like that. And you just do it a couple times a day and just keep checking it every day. And, and over time, it'll become automatic. I, gotta start I think I'm good here. I'm legit. No, you're not. Yeah, you let me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a pretty calm guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty calm. He, I can tell by just listening to him that he's very chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's an interesting here's an interesting study I heard of just recently, like two days ago, about cortisol levels and people in companies. Right? You would think that the guy that's running the company, or the higher you are in a company, that you'd have more cortisol. Um, what do you call it? Release, yeah. release of cortisol. But yes. it's actually the people that are lower down. Apparently they have way more cortisol <laughs> being released. Like the people who are actually doing Another all the work. Bossed around. <laughs> yeah. But it's not even about bossing around. Apparently it's about the freedom you have to make, to make decisions or the freedom you oh, have yeah. to like, you know, it's some weird you have more freedom over your day. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I you're less of a that. slave. You're like, yeah, you're less yeah, of a slave. Yeah, they have control. I think it's a difference between not being in control. I think some people get angry and stressed because they're not in control of the situation. Somebody else is in control, and that kind of makes them mad and stressed out. So, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, and and they also talked about they also talked about uh, PTSD from from black ops type guys or like uh, the SEALs and the Navy Rangers oh, yeah. compared to like the actual infantry guys or like the normal army yeah. guys. Because the army guys are waiting, constantly waiting for this response. Like they're they're in the in the zone, like waiting for shit to happen. And the other teams are, are actually making it. it happen. And it's way less stress on the people that are actually making it. So it comes back to what you're talking about, Kim, and control. You don't feel like a rat in a maze. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but you mentioned control earlier about controlling your day. Now, doesn't that also bring yes. some risk of you know like the, a lack of acceptance to what's happening? Like as you know, you talk about these. Buddhist principles, right. not you, but you know, the Buddhists like sort of going with the flow and like actually just accepting the way things are and sort of, yeah. De- like when you're really poor from... and you sit there and go, okay, I'm really poor. That's just life kind of thing. Yeah. Detaching well, not, yourself. No, 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 not, not those <laughs> types of things. The, the day to day, 
the day-to-day people right. that piss you off or the people right. in traffic just, that like it's those you things you don't that you attach yourself to yeah. it yeah you don't attach so so i actually teach people about this this is all part of the training that i give my clients and it has to do with you know just like the phrase let go and let god um what i tell people is when things happen events or somebody says something to you or anything happens the first thing you need to do is think to yourself do i have control over this or not is it is i can i do something about it and if the answer is yes and go sit down and plan out a strategy for how are you going to kick that guy's ass or you know what are you going to do to deal with this but if the answer is no i don't have control over it then you need to just let go and let god and if it means just visually putting it in a bubble and sending it off whatever it takes you need to learn how to release it because when you're attached to outcomes that you have no control over it's just making you sick it's killing you and it's not worth it you have to learn to love yourself enough to say you know I don't have control over the fact that there's terrorists going around bombing people and shooting people. And, you know, I just need to let it, I need to let that go. I need to let God deal with that. So, Interesting. so is that kind of the next, the next step after breathing is sort of, yeah, uh, I'd see the next step is, is not, um, worrying about the stuff, you know, like the old saying, don't let the bastards get you down. You know, there's don't, don't let things get you down and, and get you in a tizzy that you have absolutely no control over. If you, and that's why I tell people if the news is upsetting to you, cause the news is so, oh, oh my God, it's so negative, it's negative, negative, porn, neg- yeah. it's all fear-based. And so if, if you don't want to watch fear-based crap and if that bothers you and if it's going to keep you up at night or give you nightmares, then, then I have a solution. It's called turn off the TV or maybe watch a comedy show instead. Comedy is like the most healing, healthy laughter is like the best medicine. So that's the next thing on my list is laughter. Try to laugh as much as you can. Tell jokes with your friends. Um, Watch a funny video like the Ebby family or something on YouTube or, you know, watch some, you know, some vine. I mean, there's all kinds of funny vines out there on on YouTube. Watch a a goofy vine or watch some famous stand-up comedian or or go watch a funny movie and, and laugh laugh, you know, just laugh. And even if it means just sitting in a corner and just laughing, just making yourself laugh. Every time you laugh, you're releasing serotonin to your brain, which is that, um, feel good, that feel good hormone or that feel good chemical. So it's really important, important to do that. Well, Darren does laugh laughs at me enough that he should have lots of serotonin. I laugh a lot. <laughs> in a day. <laughs> I do. Have you ever, have you ever tried those laughing groups or those laughing meditations? Like when people get together and just laugh in a big circle, like. I was hoping to do some laughing last weekend, but nothing. Well, I chuckled <laughs> a couple times, but it really was a letdown. Have you tried? Have you tried those, Kim? At all? Have you seen? Um, have you seen those la- like those groups of people? Like I think most they of them get are together in- and laugh and all yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I haven't tried it myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I so- laugh a lot. I'm really into watching funny video. I love watching funny videos, and I have teenagers at home, and my teenagers almost every day have some really funny video that they want to show me <laughs> on YouTube. And so we're always, or else they just make me laugh because I got to tell you, it's like a comedy routine living with teenagers. So they they usually make me laugh. <laughs> That's good. Maybe that's what I'm missing, Darren. I gotta laugh at you a little bit more. Laugh at me? Yeah. Get back. My jokes are hilarious. <laughs> the problem is they're usually at your expense. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So grammar. I can laugh at myself for everybody a bit. but you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So what about psychedelics? How do they uh, how do they play into this healing at all? We've I've I've heard a ton about like psychedelics healing healing through like ibogaine and and uh DMT and mushrooms and there's a toad, there's a 
thing that toe the secretion from a toad that apparently people are using to yeah i don't i don't go there that's not my thing <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't advise it and here's why um i happen to be one of these people who's highly sensitive to chemicals to drugs to alcohol to any kind of stimulants and even herbs like there's an herb called uh what is it called ginseng that's supposed to be really good for stress well for me it actually makes me hyper and totally psychotic so uh, you know everybody's body reacts differently so i don't recommend stuff like that the kind of stuff i'd re- recommend are things like chamomile and uh what is that called uh lavender and uh, essential oils and you know that kind of stuff if you're gonna if you're gonna do that b vitamins you know there's a whole uh, protocol i give my clients uh, um, that's an adrenal supportive stress relieving protocol of foods. There are specific foods you can eat to make you chill out. There's, you know, specific herbs you can use that are very, very uh, benign. You know, they don't have a lot of si- any side effects at all that come with them unless you had an allergy, a rare allergy to them. But there's no side effects. But I wouldn't mess with any of the psychedelics. I mean, I know, I know that smoking pot helps a lot of people to chill out. And you know what? If that works for you and you want to go do it, go do it. You know, I mean, it's legal in the U.S. now. It's legal in a lot of places. So if if it makes you feel better, you know, to do that, then do it. But but not everybody reacts the same to that. And you can actually get sick or it can make you kind of the opposite. So you have to be really careful. Yeah. So do you, what else do you have on your list then of, uh, of so my, my major, the only other one I'd want to share on, on the radio right now, because the rest of the stuff is very individual, yeah, um, and we, is, you gotta get people to buy your book too. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, basically what I call stinking thinking, you know, get rid of your dang negative thoughts, you know, start working on every day, paying attention to how many negative thoughts you're thinking and, and write them down, keep like a journal a and gratitude journal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, write down the negative thoughts. So like actually for a day, like just kind of watch every time, you know, keep a little book in your pocket. And every time you think some stupid negative thing, like I hate my thighs or I hate my boss or I'm so unhappy or, or I'm not good at blah, blah, blah. You know, every time you say something like that to yourself or in your head or even out loud to somebody, write it down on this little uh, journal. And then what you want to do is you want to start writing down the opposite, like the counteractive to it. So I, I love myself just the way I am, or, you know, I'm, I'm able to get along with everybody or, you know, some kind of a mantra that will counteract the negative thought and then start focusing on those. And then every time you, it's called reprogramming your brain for happiness and success. So what you're doing is your brain is like a computer. It's like computer wiring and you can, um, you know, start reprogramming all of the negative stinking thinking for more positive, uplifting thinking. And and it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's a matter of diligently working at it and working at it and working at it. So that that's the most important thing you need to do. And then, and that actually changes the chemical, you know, it changes your body, right? Physically. It'll change everything. It'll change everything. Yeah. You'll sleep better at night. You'll feel better. Your health will improve. I mean, everything. Yeah. What What else are you uh, interested in these days? We talked about a little bit of stuff there. You're kind of a, you're learning about all <laughs> kinds of stuff. 
Yeah, I'm into all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, the, definitely love watching Ancient Aliens and all those kind of shows. But, you know, we're in our family here in our house. We watch a lot of shows on um, Travel Channel. We're really big into watching travel, really big into watching these real estate shows where people are buying. the. I love buying the islands where they're like in the Virgin Islands and they're buying a house on the beach. And it's kind of fun to daydream and watch that and go, oh, man, I want that house on the beach someday. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm really into archaeology and history. And um, the, the one thing I don't like to, to watch is politics, because I think all these politicians are just kind of um, greed and money, you know, it's just kind of taking them over and and they're not really serving the people. And I don't care if they're in Canada, England, U.S., Europe, wherever they are, the politicians on this planet are not really truly serving the people and so i just don't even like to talk about it <laughs> yeah i know i know what you mean we don't we don't really touch on that very much here either occasionally yeah. darren's got a little thing for trump right now so we'll see if that changes at all yeah <laughs> but i i really i really love all this alien stuff that's coming out because if you watch the ancient alien show there's so much proof that aliens have been here ever since the beginning of, of the earth it's just crazy you know there's just so much proof and um i've had my own experiences with with you have you know seeing ufos in the sky and friends like god hundreds of my friends have all either seen a ufo at some point maybe even several times or they've claimed that they've been abducted which is just kind of crazy can you tell talk about your own personal experiences with that oh heck yeah um i had one night where my daughter was screaming mom come here come here you got to see this and uh came up in her bedroom window and it was like maybe 10 o'clock at night and there was two giant isosceles triangle ships the size of several football fields right up over the top of our house and we sat there for two hours watching these little ships go in and out of these big ships and and my neck i got such a neck ache because i had to like you know, sit there with my neck like tipped back and up so I could walk because these things were up in the sky really high up, you know, above the earth. And these things were huge. I mean, there's no way they could have been a government type of, of thing uh, because they were just way too big and they were up way too high. You know, they, they yeah. were almost they were like outside the planet, but you could see them. I mean, they were huge and they had a different color light on each side of the triangle. So like on one side, it was red. Another side, it was blue. Another side, it was like green or yellow. And every time, um, a ship would go into the, the bigger ship, the lights would actually turn off and then they'd turn back on again when, when the ship was in. Wow. It was, yeah, it was really weird, but we sat and then finally I got such a neck ache that I had to stop watching it, but it, it was pretty crazy. And I had several other friends who saw the same ships over California and I'm in Washington and I, I know people who have seen these same kind of ships that are the size of several football fields over California and other states too, Arizona, you know, a lot of different states. Yeah, that's the one that gets me too, because I, I I sort of think there's a lot of different things going on with UFOs, and one of them is probably humans flying around in some crazy technology. But it's when those really big ships that you can't even imagine us building yeah. on Earth, like well, oh, several football fields. Yeah. I mean, huge. Yeah, like they call them the Walmart sized ships or whatever. That's the yeah. stuff that you know you just can't. There's no way we could build that. We don't even have the the money. We don't have the resources. We don't have the technology. I mean, even if aliens were helping us, we wouldn't have the res the resources on this planet to even to even do that so who were you with there your daughter and just you two or 
Hmm? Who were you with there? Besides, it was just you and your daughter watching. Oh yeah, it was just me and my daughter. Yeah. But but it's it's just amazing because when I have friends tell me about their experiences, they're with like groups of people. So like everybody in the whole group saw it. So they have witnesses. I have one friend who had two people in the car with her and they saw a ship the size of several football fields going right over the top of the trees. And they said it was silent. It didn't even make any sounds. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yes. And they were, yeah. And they lost track of time too. They like had one of those time warp kind of experiences mm-hmm. where they lost track of like a couple hours of their missing, time. Missing time. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. Like good. That's a bad sign. Yeah. And so, <laughs> And, and I've, I mean, I've, I've talked to just hundreds of people like this hundreds, cause I'm connected to thousands of people on social media and I have so many friends I talk to through social media and hear story after story after story of people who have either said they've been abducted and they've actually been in a ship or they've seen a ship. So it's, it's just becoming a real popular um, incident now that's happening on a daily basis. Wow. It's good to hear that other people are, you know, we talk about it so much on the show that I kind of wonder how. You know, if it's out there in other sort of circles. So I feel like that the UFO thing just merges with the spiritual and the new age, sort of like the healing oh, yeah. thing as well. It all like goes. It, it all sort of overlaps, you know? It all goes. What's really cool, I think, is the thought that, I mean, I always kind of dream about the idea of aliens coming and giving us like technology to heal like cancer and different kinds of illnesses. I think that would be very cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Sounds Someday. like Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood End. I just watched that a couple months back. It's pretty cool. Oh, I've never. A, yeah, he that. wrote this this famous book. I listened to the book a little while ago, and then I watched a three part series. It's just three parts on on some TV channel, and it's it's really well done. It was good. Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, I prefer, like, who's one? Arthur Conan Doyle. I don't know. That's, <laughs> That's Sherlock Holmes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love sure. My family is really into um, British mysteries. I mean, we could watch British mysteries from now until the cows come home. Everything from Agatha Christie to Father, what is it, Father Brown mysteries or something like that, and um, Father Murphy. I don't know whatever that is, but there's a there's all these different types of, of British mystery shows on that are just so much fun to I watch. When I was a kid, I used to like, "Are you being served?" You know what that is? is What is that? Is that a cop show? No, it's some terrible, like, British. uh, I think they work in, like, yeah, it's a comedy, but it's real dry. Really? Yeah, some of the British comedy, you have to like British comedy. I mean, one of my favorite British shows is actually Top Gear, you know, where they have the cars and everything. We we, we watch Top Gear almost every day of the week (laughs) because we're into cars around here, too. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Nice. Right on. Well, is there anything else about your book that we you want to touch on before we start wrapping it up? Uh, we didn't really talk yeah. much about the about the doctors. Yeah, well, let me tell you about the book because that's the most important thing. Basically, I put 28 years of research into the book. I spent five years writing the book, and the book is an introduction to my peace stress management system, which according to all the, the doctors and all the self-help gurus who read, who read my book and gave it a review, they said it was hands down the most comprehensive book um, on stress that they've ever read. And it's basically your definitive guide to what every type of stress is, how every type of stress affects your, your body, mind, and spirit, your career 
career, your sex life, your relationships, everything. And then it gives you practical tools, practical and easy tools to start changing that up. So it, it basically teaches everything you need to know to have a, a healthy, long, happy life on earth. And it's kind of like your definitive guide to um, the fountain of youth on earth. You know, it's called conquering stress, the real fountain of youth, because we said earlier, what, 98% of illness is caused by stress you create. So so you're, the fountain of youth is basically your ability to conquer stress. If you can conquer stress, then you're going to definitely live a little bit longer and you're going to be healthier and happier and, and that type of thing. So um, it's, it's a total uh, life makeover. It's actually a workbook. And in the last chapter of the book is actually a totally he- uh, total health and life, life makeover plan um, using the knowledge you learn in the book. So nice. No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad uh, we talked about it because it's. I think it's really important, and and it's practical tools, right? And some stuff, like I probably need to look at it pretty closely. I know I do some stuff like that, but it's just to, to sort of tweak uh, to tweak some of the stuff I've been doing, right? It's good to to make those little changes that might make that that bit of difference, right? Instead of you know maybe making meditation more regular or practicing mindfulness or breathing throughout the day or eating a little better, just a few little things that I need to do uh, to, to minimize yeah. the stress. Yeah. Yes. The, the diet thing is actually uh, simpler than most people make it out. You know, <laughs> people think they have to go on all these really crazy diets, but it's actually, um, it's actually so much simpler. And I, I, I outline it in the book, you know, as far as the type of diet everybody should be on based on all the research that um, the top heart doctors and the top you know, rheumatologists and and inflammation experts on the planet have, you know, come up with is this is the way you're supposed to eat. Basically, if you want to be healthy, you know, it's, it's actually pretty simple. Well, what is it? Is it it just not, no no processed foods, a lot of, uh, yeah, it's basically, yeah, you know, the paleo diet's a really good one. I mean, I don't talk about that one in the book, but that's actually one that I try to, I try to eat like a modified paleo, which is basically, you know, meats and vegetables and fruits. Um, not a lot of great, you know, try to minimize your carbs and and that kind of thing. But, but, um, I mean, I can kind of say a little here and that's that, um, what, all of the the top heart heart doctors like Dr. Sinatra, Stephen Sinatra, I think he's like the top cardiologist in the U.S. or something. He, all of these guys are saying that it's not high cholesterol that causes heart disease; it's inflammation. Uh-huh. It's yeah. inflammation that causes heart disease, and so um, inflammation is basically the root cause of a good portion of chronic illness. And so, if if you have what we call an anti-inflammatory diet, that's the key word here, people, is anti-inflammatory diet. That's the diet you want. Want to eat and all you have to do is google anti-inflammatory diet and you'll get all the instruction you want on the internet about what it is how to eat it what to do it's, nice. it's yeah. pretty, that's... pretty simple but that but that's what you need to do because inflammation is what what you know it causes diabetes it causes heart disease it causes all kinds of stuff so if you eat an anti-inflammatory diet you won't have diabetes uh what we call type 2 diabetes you won't have high blood pressure. You won't have cardiovascular, yeah, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of that is based in inflammation. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. I think we're really on the verge to people catching on to all this stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. And I think the, the important thing to note is that there's so much um, information out there for people to do what I call taking control of your health and empowering. Um, I try to empower everybody to take control of your health. You cannot rely on these doctors, okay? 90% of them are burned out and stressed out. And so they're just humans and, and they're taught to, to just sell drugs, which don't cure any disease. The drugs are just a Band-Aid. So if you really want to heal your body, mind, and spirit, you need to be empowered to take control of your own health and and research like I did and try to fix yourself and try to help yourself. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And there's never going to be a magic pill or magic elixir that's going to make your um, bad marriage go away and your nasty mother-in-law go away and all of your life problems and financial issues go away. The only way those things are going to go away is you have to learn skills. You have to learn skills. You have to learn tools. You know, I work on people around money too. I even coach my clients on how to make more money. So, um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff you can learn to do if you want your life to life to be a good life. Do you find do a, you have a course for podcasts? <laughs> do I have a what? Make more money with our podcast. <laughs> do, do, do you find that the money thing is, is a lot of limiting beliefs around fear of success yes. or fear of failure yes. or like, I'm, yes. not, I'm not worth, worth this exactly and, yeah. exactly in fact there's i think 28 of them that have been identified and i work with uh people on clearing those but there's like 28 different sentences that you could have either consciously or subconsciously the subconscious ones are either inherited again through the epigenetics and dna so like your great great grandpa many generations ago had this belief that anybody who becomes rich is evil you know all money's evil money's the root of all evil yeah, and if you go yeah. around thinking money's the root of all evil you will repel money like crazy yeah. you become a, a repelling tool for money. It won't come to you because you think it's bad. You have to learn to love money and um, appreciate money and be grateful for money and feel deserving and worthy of money in order to start attracting it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to become, you know, a complete consumer and, and you can still right. do good things with money. I mean, no, it just means that you have to, you know, you exactly. still have to, uh, yeah, exactly. No, I, I like that. That's great. Yeah, I mean, and and that's what I try to tell people. It's like, because they'll tell me, oh, when people become really rich, they become corrupt. That's actually not true. I know a lot of really wealthy people who um, have really big hearts. They're really spiritual. They're really good. And they give away tons of their money, you know, to charities and to help people. So it's it's the person. It's not the money that's corrupt. Money's not corrupt. It's the person behind the person who has the money. So yes, there are bad people in the world and it doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. They're still bad people. But if you take a good person who is very grounded spiritually and you give them a lot of money, then they're able to do really good things on the planet with it. So, so you have to believe that if you believe that money can be used for good, then you'll start attracting a lot more money. Excellent. There you go, Darren. That's your homework. That's your homework. Root of all Start loving money. You got (laughs) the problem. (laughs) I love money. Um, When I got enough of it. (laughs) Yeah, what they what the money experts say is you need to heal your relationship with the money, you know, and and as a healer, that's what I do with people is, you know, I'm not just healing them um, in their health. I also work on healing them in their career, healing them in their relationships, healing them around money, healing them around everything. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, there's there's a cure for everything. <laughs> so do you have uh, are you how can people get a hold of you then? I'm, I'm linking to your conquering stress book in, in the wet in the show notes. 
Is, yeah. there, is there other ways people can get a hold yes. of you too if they yes. want a book like yes. uh, Corporate Healing or some kind of... Sure. So I have a brand new website that is, it's in process right now. And that's just my name. It's Kim Palm, K-I-M-P-A-L-M, like a palm tree.com. And if you went to it right now, you'd see that it's it's mostly done, but at least it has contact. It has a contact sheet on there. It's got most of my info on there. Um, I'm still... It, still doing some extra work on it that'll be done in the next week and and that'll be up and running but it still has enough like it's got all my contact info on there and everything but my old website which is completely up and running is is heal your mind body it's just he, the word heal h-e-a-l and then your y-o-u-r mind body heal your mind body.com and that's my that's website yeah, it's got all the all my programs. Both websites have speaking info because I do a lot of motivational speaking. So if somebody's interested in having me come out to their town, I fly all over the world. And I do coach clients all over the world because I use Skype and, and phone. You know, they just need ears to listen. If they can learn and listen, then they can work with me, basically. So, um, so it's nice. pretty simple. Well, maybe we'll get you to coach Darren one of these days then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call that uncoachable. I'll treat- I'll, I'll pay, I'll I don't pay, think I'll anybody's. I don't think anyone's uncoachable. I think it's just a matter of them making up their mind that they want to change. I think if somebody makes up their mind that they want to change, then they're totally coachable. Yeah, I agree. And people do change. Yep. What would yeah. I change? Right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Really, yeah, uh, yeah, good really good chat. And uh, yeah, all the best, and we'll we'll link to everything in the show notes. We'll send you a link when uh, when we get it uh, released. Sounds good, and thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's been a blast. You're welcome. Yeah, have it. Enjoy the rest of your night. I will definitely. I'm going to go watch some funny. I don't know something funny and comedious. The um, what's that new show? The one, the end of the world show. I don't know if you guys have that in Canada, but there's that new show, um, like the apocalypse a or something like or- that. Or is it yeah, a it's a comedy show. Oh. It's called. It's no, it's a comedy show. Rob Lowe is in it. There's like a whole bunch of oh, famous people actually in it. Yeah. One of them's Rob Lowe, but it's it's like the the last days of the apocalypse or something. It's something with the apocalypse in it, but it's a comedy show about a meteor headed to Earth in like 30 days and what all the people do like in the 30 days. Oh, that'd, while be, yeah, that'd be interesting. Headed. Yeah. Oh, it's called You, Me, and the Apocalypse. And anyways, it's really, it's really, really funny. It's so funny. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. Take care. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Have right. a great evening. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Big thanks to Kim for coming on the show. Yeah, that was good. I like that. I, I want to get that book for the studio. The book. Yeah, get you to read it. Get your stress reduced. Oh, yeah, look at me. I'm just fucking <laughs> just some crumbling stress. under the stress over here. Uh, sometimes I get stressed out. <clears throat> but briefly. Yeah? Some days it'll go all day, but for the most part I can use it. You had a pretty bad week last week. Yeah, I lost you because it's yeah. stressful. For the most part I can decipher it or uh, diffuse it pretty quickly. Yeah, that was a good chat, though. Uh, it's funny how she's friends with uh, with Sonia, one of our other guests there. I decorated Justin's uh, birthday card. Oops, with doodles. <laughs> Happy birthday, Justin. Yeah, that was a good one. Absolutely. I like... Uh, 
I like the idea of meditating with that little Hawaii trick. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, the one I went to, you know how we had um, Alicia in the studio about meditation a lot? She does those yeah. guided ones, right? And she takes you to like your favorite place in nature. And Aren't you doing some guided good. ones? Yeah. Yeah. They're more for contact. Oh, those are C-setting meditations? <laughs> Did you write them yourself? Uh, no, I'll just ad-lib. <laughs> oh, boy. No, I'll do Are some chakra opening ones. Actually, I meant to can ask her about chakras. Can I do? Yeah, maybe. Perfect. Yeah. If you show me how to use this this tricky software, uh, I got like, it. I just want to do like a chakra beautiful opening beautiful disaster written all over it. Are you going to put some music behind it or something? Yeah, or is it just going to yeah. be you? No, 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 uh, music. We got the bowl. I got a new crystal singing bowl. Oh, you're going to play the music? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty optimistic. I was thinking about that though. I could have a little Gramerica meditates and just do like guided meditations. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> people, Speaking of meditations, hopefully we're having the float guys on soon. Float guys are really busy in Calgary. That's great. Opening up a second location. I think, well, they might, we probably shouldn't say anything, but oh, yeah, too late. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we got to get in there. Yeah, I haven't even gone yet. Lisa went. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's way better than the other one we went went into. I'm saying any names. That's right. And then they have uh, music in there as well. Like You can plug your uh, USB stick to to the speakers. And... So I can listen to a podcast? No, I'm going to choose the Monroe Institute Journey, the shamanic uh, journey called um, Ritual to Dreaming Gate. I think that's my choice for the next time I do the float tank. I'm going to come and change it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Put on some salt and pepper. Sweet. That's okay yeah. by me. <laughs> I bet. Here's to be all bouncing around. I love it. So I think that's about it, eh? I think so. Anything else? Yeah. No, we should probably just not talk too much about all the new stuff going on in Grand America because we'll save that for the intro. Just helps. Which won't even be for this episode. That's right. But check out grandamerica.ca slash support uh, for all the different monthly options and donations. Uh, check out grandamerica.ca slash upgrade for to buy uh, make a donation and get your name put in the draw for the iPad and such. And we put all those links in the show notes too. So whatever you know, media you're using, well, no, they're there. Whatever media you're using to do this, you can just click notes. on the notes and click on the link and send your cash or send your spam or send your spam or send uh, your trip reports and your reviews, send your feedback, send your love, especially the love and. Uh, Sign up for the newsletter. Voicemail. Ah, they'll figure that out when I get to the <laughs> website to donate. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.
say they like coast to coast, but on demand, raw and uncut interviews, and all without no ads. Once it's false and once that's true, and the rate you sing grows too. America, America is here for you. Stories from the listeners, they sent to Graham. He'll read them and be amazed, but Darren may say no. One says red and one says blue, but if it's false, it just won't do. America, America.